Hey everybody, I'm Larry Little, and you're listening to Crossing the Line, a podcast where I talk with people about the moments in their life when they cross that line from leading with their head to leading with their heart. Today on the show, I'm having a conversation with Brian Cook. He's a fourth generation owner and president, CEO of a large regional uh, pest control company, Cook's Pest Control. They have about 1,800 employees in 37 locations, and it's a really incredible uh, company. But also, Brian is a founding board member of a nonprofit organization called Not Forgotten. He founded this organization while he was in, in college. And they work in Iquitos, Peru, uh, serving vulnerable children who need individual care and a healthy family environment. They do all kind of cool ministry mission kind of work over there. Just a a great organization that's been around a while now. He also uh, is a past board member and and helped found a a large museum here in in the North Alabama area, uh, the Cook's Museum. But more than all of that, Brian Cook is just a young, innovative leader who is committed to to leading the right way. And he has made decisions throughout his life, I think, that we all can can learn from. I had a really interesting conversation with him. I think you're going to enjoy this. Brian is a very unique, humble servant leader. I think you're really going to like what he has to say. So let's jump right into it. Here's a conversation with Brian Cook. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. Brian Cook, how in the world did we get Brian Cook? Robin, who's our engineer, she's shaking her head. I'm shaking my head. Um, I have no idea, but we got him. He is here, and he's live, Robin. He's right here with us. She's excited. Um, She's not Mike, but she's excited. Welcome, welcome, Brian Cook. Thank you for giving us your time, for giving us um, yourself in person. How, How awesome is that? It really is. Uh, it's just incredible to have you on Crossing the Line. Thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you, Larry. I, I'm honored to be here. I'm excited and uh, just grateful for the opportunity to, to spend some time with you. Well, I, I'll tell you, I've watched you. I've watched your career. I've watched your life uh, for a long time because we are from the same area uh, in northern Alabama. And I've watched you um, grow, I've, not, not just physically, but I've watched you grow as a leader. Uh, and so I want to talk about that. I just want to, you know, you have done great things, as we talked about in the intro. Uh, Wow, what a heritage uh, that you have, a legacy that you are living and that you are following of your your dad and granddad and on down the line. Um, That is awesome. But I want to hear about Brian. I want to to take a few minutes and hear your story uh, because I know that some people might say, Um, You know, Brian has lived on Easy Street. Brian has grown up with a silver spoon in his mouth, a big company that his family owns. And, you know, he's not, he doesn't know what it means to struggle or he doesn't know what it means. That's just not true. And I want to hear from you about that. So let's go back to to Brian the child. I (laughs) I want you to go all the way back. Let's say you're about eight years old. All right. Okay. So think about that for a minute. And what was it like growing up and, and being Brian Cook, the eight-year-old? Tell, tell us about your, your growing up uh, environment. Well, it's uh, kind of funny. I'm an only child. My dad's an only child. Both of my grandparents, you know, his parents, were, on, were only children. 
My great-grandfather, wow. who started Cook's Pest Control back in 1928, was an only child. So uh, thankfully, I'll go ahead and cut to the to the chase. My, my wife and I have three wonderful kids now. <laughs> you broke that Boy, mold. girl, girl. So, uh, uh, you know, thankful for that. But it, it's not how my parents or grandparents uh, really wanted things to be. It's just how God allowed it at the time. And so... Uh, <clears throat> growing up, I, I grew up next door to my grandparents. We shared a backyard together, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I was able to really have a close relationship with them, mm. not only just, you know, fun grandparent relationship, which we absolutely did, but I saw them actively involved in our church, in the community, and uh, definitely in the business. And, you know, they would take me along with them to an office if they were going to re- refurbish, they were going to yeah, hang new pictures on the walls. And they, they had gone personally to, to pick out a print for somebody. And so um, that was really special because I, I caught from them a, a, a passion for, for getting up and being proactive and doing meaningful work. And it, what I learned is it's not necessarily what they're doing that is so special, like framing prints for somebody's office, mm. but it's why they were doing it in the first place. They just genuinely, sincerely cared about people and making a meaningful difference in people's lives. Okay, if you know me, you know I've got to jump in here. I mean, I actually uh, knew the Cooks. What a what a precious couple. But that, that thing of making a meaningful difference uh, in people's lives, they did that for years and years and they taught that to their grandson Um, no matter if it was framing a picture or starting organizations or giving back to the community or are living out their faith um, don't know that i know two people who were more purposeful and intentional than um, the mr miss cook it's a great word from brian and so uh, as an eight-year-old i feel like i was just uniquely positioned to soak all that in. Mm. No, my parents led in that too. Mm. Uh, mm. So I don't mean to uh, diminish them. Right. But th- there, there's a, a, it was just a special relationship, especially with my grandfather. Yeah. You know, that, that uh, you know, one-on-one, you know, you look at somebody and you think, well, you know, as a kid, as an eight-year-old, Brian, you think everybody's old. You know, 27 is old, right? Right, so, right. Uh, you think, oh gosh, you know, shouldn't he? Be, he's retired. You know, shouldn't he be retired or, or doing something? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, just, just a real uh, privilege and a joy to to grow up uh, with that type of uh, relationship and friendship, and uh, just what I learned from him, mm-hmm. and, and not just what I learned, but the the, the motivation behind that. So, so I want you to think a minute about, about your granddad. What a special man. I did have the opportunity to, to spend a little bit of time with him, and you were so right. He, he made you feel like you were the most important person you know, in the world, that moment that you, were, that you had with him. Really special leader. And so I want you to think about him and tell me, as it comes to your mind, give me, give me the three or four words that come to your mind when you think about your granddad and the impact he had on your life. But, but think about him. What are the three or four words that come to your mind to describe him? Well, I'd say he was, 
very thoughtful, intentional. Yeah. yeah. He was fun. Yeah. And funny. And just hardworking, dependable. Um, you know, I, I, he was really the uh, one of the greatest personal examples that I had of somebody who loved God and loved people mm. and just lived that out. Mm. Um, didn't have a lot of hobbies. He said, you know, golf takes too long. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll play tennis and do play doubles and we'll get some fellowship in and we'll uh, get a good good workout and uh, get back to it. And so he played tennis. He did. How yep. about that? that? That's awesome. But I love what you said, you know, that 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 dependable, intentional, that that who he was and, and what he passed down to you that you are using now in your leadership. Um, but it all started back with, with your granddad and that special, special relationship. So I have to ask you this, though. Did you get your sense of humor from him? <laughs> yeah, I, I must have. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. It gets you in trouble every once in a while, right? I know it does. <laughs> it me. does. It does me anyway. All right. So you're, you're invested in by your grandparents. You know, you're growing up. You're watching them. You're learning. I love that word meaningful. You know, what they, they engage in those meaningful things, meaningful tasks that they got because of their love for God and for people, mm-hmm. amazing. That's beautiful. So you go uh, and continue on your journey. Now let's go up to middle school, high school. Who's Brian? Who is Brian Cook in middle school and high school? Well, you know, I I uh, enjoyed uh, a little bit of sports, and uh, I was encouraged to learn how to play the guitar around eighth or ninth grade from a friend who uh, was helping lead worship at church. And cool. so uh, that, that uh, was, was uh, just a good opportunity to uh, help step up and fill a role that needed to be filled at the time with just the, the, the mm-hmm. uh, worship ministry mm-hmm. and all that with the youth. I was already there, you know, early helping set up and I was just, just always around and involved. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think seeing seeing my family step up as as uh, as leaders and and serving in different ways, being involved. My grandmother was involved in the missions committee for you know many many years, and um, my grandfather in other ways. You know, th- there was just um, um, kind of an embracing of, hey, I just need to step up and fill a role, mm-hmm. be proactive, and be helpful. Mm-hmm. And- Stepping up and filling a role, um, challenge to step up and fill a gap because there was a need to, to play the guitar. This defines the the life of, of any leader. It's one thing to know that there are needs. It's one thing to know that there are areas where you know there are gaps. Quite another to say, I'm going to step up. Quite another to say, I'm going to step up and fill that role. And I think it defines... For Brian, it's a very young age who he becomes later in his life. So, uh, you know, look, looking at my high school years, you know, my um, parents, my grandparents, they said, you know, you need to uh, think about your career and your future. You need to pray about it and seek God's will for mm. your life in this. Mm. That don't just assume that it's Cook's pest control. Uh, don't do it for any other reason, but other than, you know, find out what is your purpose here. And so that was um, freeing 
to, to know that there, there really is no pressure. Love this it. is not my story. It's not their story. It's God's story of what he wants to do. Mm. And uh, it may be this, may be something else. And so I, I really took that to heart in high school, and I had a real strong peace and confidence going off to college that Cook's Pest Control was going to be a significant part of my life that uh, God had for me, and I just saw it as a stewardship responsibility there and uh, the opportunity to make a meaningful difference in people's lives, both mm. in the organization and then with those that we serve and through the community. So, And there's that word again, meaningful difference. I mm. love that, a meaningful difference in someone's life. And, and that resonates, obviously, with us because of who we are at, at Eagle with, with our vision to make a difference. Uh, but I love that word, meaningful. So you, you found that purpose. You're kind of driving that. Now, do you still, I got a guy, have to ask this. Do you still play the guitar? You know, I haven't played in a long time with kids. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I had to yeah. put it up <laughs> in the closet. So uh, it, it's it's been a long time, honestly. Uh, it's, uh, it's therapeutic if you can ever get back to it, isn't it? Yeah, Sometimes. it I is. I know I like to bang around on the, the piano, and it's kind of therapeutic to just sit. and. Do, but you can't do that with three little ones. There's none of that right now. It's, it's the season, Brian. That's it's, right. It's the season, right? All right, so here we go. Finding your purpose, that meaningful difference, the stewardship thing is, is kind of in your heart and, and in your head, and you're thinking you're in college. What happened then? Who are you in college? Well, I went to Samford University uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama, made some wonderful friends and, and uh, pursued the business degree uh, there, and um, I met uh, a friend of mine, Tyler Fuquay, for freshman year. And he shared with me that he had just gone on a mission trip to uh, Quito's Peru. And he fell in love with these kids. They were, he was broken over their situation, former street boys, and said, I'm frustrated. I can't communicate. Am I going to learn Spanish? I'm going to go back mm. and, um, um, you know, serve these kids and let them know that, that, that I love them. And so wow. I said, well, when you, get, when you go back, let me know. I would love to to be a part of something like that. So our sophomore year, spring break, there were eight of us college kids that just went down to Peru Whoa. and, you know, slept on the floor and uh, bathed in the river. And it was just um, a lot of fun. And, wow. you know, looking back, I think my, my parents had no idea what I was getting into because I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. But it, it uh, progressed where I came back and I said, Look, I have a spring break the next couple of years, and yeah. I'm going to to invest it down there in Peru because I because I can. I don't have to go to the beach that week, you know, and because I want to show these kids that that I love them and and that, that there's a, a a longer term mindset here than just mm. hey, I came down once and met you and I never came back kind of thing. So um, we started going and. and Again and again, and the, the group began to grow. What year would you over do year. when you're down there? You're down there on the floor. You're slipping on the floor. You're bathing in the river. Eight of you guys. What did you do? So, so we, we we did build additional dormitories where we we, we could have a bunk bed. So, oh, that was nice. Good. <laughs> it was really that first year. I was just on the floor, so I don't want to make sound worse than it was. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we did some construction work. We did okay. uh, different from from time to time. Did a uh, little different vacation Bible school type activities with the kids. Um, just spending time with them, getting to know them, playing soccer, 
And um, were you in their neighborhood? Were you in there? So, so the the um, the ministry was the boys' home was uh, down the Italia River. Okay, uh, about an hour, hour and a half uh, from the city. Got it. So okay. by boat. So it was kind of oh, wow. isolated there. But I get to, to grad school, and we really started seeing that there's there's more than just this supplemental ministry need. They 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 well. Let me start over. I get to grad school, and we 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 see that there really is such a need to supplement what's already taking place. Okay. And so we started a nonprofit called Not Forgotten to help with uh, additional fundraising for specific projects and needs and uh, uh, ministry in the city wow. as well beyond that boys' home. And then as we we were doing that, uh, Tyler really felt like God was leading him to um, uh, do a more holistic, comprehensive type of ministry, uh, similar to the the Big Oak Ranch mm-hmm. model here in Alabama mm-hmm. with John Kroll. Mm-hmm. That um, there's 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 more of a family unit developed. So we ended up purchasing a hundred acres, and we built several homes there where house parents have. Um, up to eight boys in their care and they're doing life with each other and the different families, but you know, they eat meals together and they have chores as a family. And, but we also have, um, a lot of other people coming in and speak, speaking into their lives from teaching violin lessons to teaching English, learning computer skills, um, agriculture. It's just a whole lot of opportunities. Um, you know, there's a, a psychologist that come in and help work with the kids. So uh, it's just been amazing to see that ministry thrive. Right. Um. Okay. You may be saying, all right, I've heard this before. You know, guy goes down and does mission work and uh, blah, blah, blah. This is kind of boring. Listen, let me tell you something. The secret to leadership. To successful, effective, impactful, meaningful leadership is the ability, is the discipline that you have to have to be consistent. And Brian is telling us that he developed a relationship with the people of Peru, uh, not just to go in and, and do a fireworks display of ministry and leave, but he's showing us what true servant leadership looks like that's applicable to your company it's applicable to your church. It's applicable to your community. It's applicable to your home. To be consistent, to, to, to realize we don't have to hit it out of the park uh, every time. We can go sleep on the floor and bathe in the river and then build us a dorm and then find another need, then then start caring about those in the city and, and watch what happens as we build this systemic leadership. I know it may not sound, you know, sexy for lack of a better word or or exciting or anything else, but it's what leadership is all about. Okay, off my soapbox, let's listen to Brian, but great example of leadership, Brian. Now, is that that ministry not forgotten? Mm-hmm. We'll put in the show notes how to how to access that. Okay. But if someone wanted to access it, go ahead and tell us how how do we get there? What what's your Yeah, word? just notforgotten.org. Okay, notforgotten.org. Mm-hmm. And it's still thriving. It's still ministering to to, yeah. to the children in Peru. So so, so we we now purchased five. That was 100 acres we had out in the wow. in the jungle. Yeah. Um uh, and for 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 these these homes and then 
now we have five acres in the city where as the kids age up into um, that time when they need to better assimilate into their society, uh, better network with other people on career aspirations and all of that and assimilate into the local church, um, uh, we can we can uh, move that family to that city center wow. to, to, to do that. So they're not so isolated as they need to be as they're younger and earlier on in their progression. So you're still very actively involved in this ministry. Mm-hmm. How did the uh, last year with COVID affect what's going on down in Peru? And you know, you know, it, it's um, really been a global pandemic, mm-hmm. and they they were impacted um, directly as as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, they may may not have had the, the same level of of healthcare uh, right. that that we had here, but they definitely were were hit with the the pandemic. And I'm sure it, it stopped some of the ministry that, that was going on with people going over and yeah, it, it, uh, it's stopped some of our, uh, trips that we had planned and all that. But, you know, thankfully it's, it's, uh, a a Peruvian led ministry in Peru. And so, you know, families didn't stop being families. They continued on. And so uh, the ministry was able to continue to thrive during this past year. So you are teaching them how to fish. Mm -hmm. That's what you did. And how long have you been investing in this ministry now? Um, The first trip was probably 2004. My goodness. Look at that. And look look at that legacy. mm -hmm. And and yet it continues to grow and to to thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, how in the world that did you? How did you have that vision? What did it look like back in two thousand and four or two thousand and three? What what was in your head? Did you ever envision this? <clears throat> no, I really didn't. Um, you know, my friend Tyler, I mentioned he's um, his his, his uh, career was in uh, the medical profession, and so he's a doctor in Birmingham, and so this was just. Um, uh, a, a passion that, that he had for these kids, and it really has been an iteration of doing the next right thing mm. and taking the next step forward. And I, you know, I see that across the board in my life that uh, we just need to be faithful with with the the time, the talents, the treasure, the resources, the relationships that we have right now. And you know, it, it's God's story. What. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Wow. I love that servant leadership attitude, Brian. That is amazing. But I also know that after God, your passion is your family, and, and we've got to talk about where you <laughs> met that bride. So, so let's say that you're, you know, we're, we're coming on through, you're, you're out of grad school, I guess, and now um, talk to us about where did you meet Leslie? Yeah, so I had finished up my MBA at Alabama and moved back to Decatur to get involved in the family business. Um, Leslie had gone to the University of North Alabama, and upon her completion, moved back and had started her photography business, and uh, we were involved in the same church. I was back at my home church, and she had ended up um, Mm. uh, going there right about the same time. And so we became friends for a good long while, and then finally decided uh to to pursue seeing if if there was a romantic interest as well and so um 
Thankfully, there was. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who have been listening to the podcast and know our vernacular, um, it would be safe to say, and, and you know, Leslie in, in our world is this lion. She's a leading lion, right? And, mm-hmm. and you're probably, what, what do you think your personality type is? Um, she she would say there's a little more camel in yeah, me. Yeah, a little camel. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you had to, at, at some point, you know, you had to buckle up, I guess, when you started pursuing Leslie, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. And tell us about your children. I know you want to talk about that. Yeah, uh, so... Uh, Davis is almost seven, and uh, we're in the middle of T-ball season, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, my my voice was hoarse last week because it's yeah. <laughs> I was third base coach <laughs> telling these kids to run, so uh, <clears throat> I had awesome. to I had to go behind home plate for a while to get my voice ready for today. <laughs> but uh, awesome. it's a lot of fun, and then Nora she'll she'll be six in June, and uh, she's just a lot of fun, uh, full of life and energy and doing gymnastics and then kate is our uh fun little monkey she's uh three and a half and just so sweet and um a little little goofy so she keeps <laughs> us it. keeps us it. laughing she's so. got a little monkey in her maybe huh that's right i love that i love that all right so let's talk just a little bit about your leadership in terms of what you're doing now and in, in leading this this huge organization um and stepped into that role uh, as a very young man, uh, to take those reins, it's got to be a bit intimidating, um, but not 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 because of you know you don't think you can do it, but just just as that responsibility that mm-hmm. that has been afforded you. Talk about that a little bit in your role and what you're doing now. Well, you know, growing up in a family business, you hear about it at the dinner table, mm-hmm. and you see it like I mentioned earlier with my grandparents on the weekends and this, that, and the other, and so. Um, I've had the privilege of, of getting involved in the business from an early age and seeing all aspects of it and working in it uh, as a technician, pest control, termite technician, a little bit of sales, served as the customer care center manager uh, for a, a number of, of, of times. So um, it, it's just been kind of a, a, a progression mm-hmm. up through more the admin side of the business, whereas we had you know, many people who are skilled with the entomology and the technical side. So, um, you know, working in a family business, there are a lot of stereotypes. And I mentioned yeah. being an only child as well, and those are stereotypes. Right. I've, I've really embraced that and said, look, that, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, how, how can I uh, pr- prove them wrong? In that necessarily, not that people are saying anything, but mm-hmm. just uh, how can I step up and and serve in a way that's adding value and that's that's uh, thoughtful and intentional. Okay, don't miss that thoughtful and intentional, just like his grandfather, just just like what his grandfather did and who he was, and and those words that Brian used to describe his grandfather earlier are those same characteristics that he strives to, to use to define his leadership today. I'm telling you, uh, legacy leadership is powerful. Uh, you know, I'm 37. I've served in the president CEO role for several years now. And, uh, you know, working with people who have, who have been a part of Cooks for 30-plus years yeah. is humbling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who am I to... Mm. to to an extent, 
Um, but just um, working with people that are sincere and caring about other people, there's, there's just a lot of joy and, and, and gratitude that, mm-hmm. that comes from that. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's like anything, it, you know, there's going to be obstacles in, in life in any sure. position. So it's not a matter of, of, uh, you know, the perfect career, perfect job or perfect organization, right. but what do we do when those obstacles come? And, you know, we need a positive can-do attitude. And so mm. just continue to work through the problem solving to, to make it a better organization. And as a, as a result, you know, the, the scoreboard will follow. The, the company can and will grow as we focus on our personal responsibility to make it better. Mm. You know, I just heard your grandfather a little bit, positive can-do attitude. Mm-hmm. I, I can hear him saying that. And you're taking what you've learned from him and, and your family through the years, and now you're, you're applying it uh, at, at your age and station in life, which is amazing. And you do it with, with such humility, Brian. And you're right. Um, you are not the stereotypical um, only child, family heir, taking over a business. Um, it, just to be quite honest and, and not to... Um, and, and to use a word that may not be politically correct, but I think it's truth. Um, you, you don't display an entitlement. You, you're not, you know, that's not who you are. You're not saying that I'm entitled to this because I'm a fourth generation leader. You're saying, let's go in and respect those who have, who have been around a long time and let's continue to learn. I know you're a lifelong learner. I know that about you as well. So I want you to think with me for a minute and we're going to we're going to kind of bring this thing I could talk to you all day. I love getting your wisdom. You're so um, insightful for your age. You're, God's given you wisdom beyond your your years, which is awesome. But I want you to think about um, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are listening to this going I'm trying, you know, I'm peddling, you know, maybe these young leaders who are who are just out of school and they're trying to figure out in this environment or in this culture uh, either here or, or overseas, um, wherever they are, they're, they're saying, you know, what is it that I need to be successful? What do I need to do? What would you tell them from a leadership perspective? Give us some nuggets from Brian. What, what do you need to say to those young, maybe aspiring leaders, or, or maybe just anyone, but what, especially those young aspiring leaders, what do they need to know um, as they continue their journey? Yeah, I think we're in such a conditioned mindset of instant gratification, Mm. instant success Mm. that, um, uh, I I think we we all need to embrace the journey and, and not just uh, grasp at some destination out there. Mm. So I would say be where you are and uh, invest yourself, commit yourself to being successful with what you've been entrusted, R- regardless of the title, regardless of the position, you know how can you add value and think critically on that? Yeah, you know, not you know be beyond. Okay, let's take care of, of of what we've been entrusted, but then beyond that, look for opportunities to uh, to be helpful. Mm. And as you do that, uh, you know also. You know, make your aspirations known to others uh, in in leadership that could help maybe come alongside and be kind of a, a career coach or a career 
mm-hmm. agent for you to yeah. uh, to let you know of opportunities, to to be a reference and that sort of thing. But uh, so that they 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 kind of know. Um, uh, where, where you're wanting to go with things. Um, and you may not fully know that, but I think embracing that idea of, of being committed and uh, not just job hopping around, but but putting your, your wheels down where they can gain traction to mm. propel you forward. Mm. And, um, you know, just let, let you know, doing the next right thing lead to where it should go. I love it. I, I, such wisdom uh, uh, and such truth. And and I totally agree with what you said. And, man, think about that. If these aspiring leaders could surround themselves with that mentor, that coach to help, just like you have done, and just like mm-hmm. you started at eight years old listening to your grandfather, right, mm-hmm. and then continue to this day with men and women who have been around longer than you, and you said, who am I? I, I love that, Brian. That's just such such insight and wisdom so last thing last thing here you are at 37 um and and i want you to think about your grandfather his legacy kind of what that what that meant to you and when you get there as your children are growing up and and you let's say you're now into your 70s eight whatever at the end of what what do you want your legacy what kind of legacy do you want to to leave for those behind you what do you think you know, I, I really want my kids to know that I loved God and I loved people. Mm. Um, and um, that I, I want them to have those right relationships that I have with, with God and with others. Yeah. And so, um, you know... I, you know, I see the theme of stewardship. Uh, you know, re- regardless of you know, and in, in, uh, you know, inheriting a, a, a business or uh, or not, the, the, the idea uh, that we are given time, talents, treasure, resources, our brain, everything, um, and there's a long term accountability for that. And so, yeah. what are we going to do with with our days? Mm. So that we're not here for ourselves, mm. but we're here for, for others. And so, uh, I want them to see life as it's not about them, but it's about, um, investing themselves meaningfully wow. in others wow, and for, for, for their good and for God's glory. And so, mm. you know, whatever that is, uh, whatever that looks like, whether, mm-hmm. you know, they're a stay at home, uh, mother or father, mm-hmm. whether they're involved in the family business or not, it, it, it doesn't matter. But are mm. they being faithful with what God's called them specifically yes. to, to be? Wow, so many nuggets there. I hope you were writing that down. You might want to go back and, and rewind this thing because Brian just really gave us some some incredible nuggets about living your legacy. This is what I know, Brian Cook. We need more Brian Cooks in our culture today. We need more Brian Cooks in leadership today. Uh, we need more of that insight and humility that that you uh, have lived, that you are living. So thank you, thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for crossing that line of leading not only with your head but with your heart and understanding how to do both mm-hmm. incredibly well. It's been an honor to have you today. Thank you. Well, thank you, Larry. Incredible insight from a 37-year-old, don't you think? Um, uh, he is 
has really been gifted with, I think, wisdom. And Brian challenged us. He said, look, add value. Um, do the next right thing and, and ask yourself, am I really adding value? What a great question. Uh, be accountable to realize that we are here not for ourselves. And no matter how much we have or how little we have, we're accountable to do to do the next right thing with the resources that we have, that we are here to care for others. We're here to invest in others. He challenged us to do that, to you know, kind of get out of that mindset of what's in it for me, an instant gratification kind of mindset, but to love God and love people. And, you know, if we wake up every morning and say, how can I add value to someone's life today? How, how can I do the next right thing? How can I be accountable? Uh, wow, I'm telling you, I think, I think that's when we truly experience leadership. It's a rare thing um, what, he is, what he is asking us to do. Uh, to think about others more than we think about ourselves. But Brian uh, is one of those rare leaders. This is one of the best examples I can give you of what it means to to lead from your head and your heart, using your resources and leading well and having that strong leadership, but also leading with your heart, realizing that it's about more than, than our resources. It's about using our resources for others and thinking about how we can can lead well so that we can give ourselves away to others. It's a great example of what we're talking about when we when we say we need to cross the line. Uh, Brian Cook uh, did a tremendous job of reminding us of that. I hope that you took some things away that will help you in your leadership, in your life, uh, in your professional life, in your work life, in your home, in your personal life, and those relationships that are significant to you. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for being a part of crossing the line and uh, i look forward to seeing you next time where we continue to make a difference in the lives of those we love live with and lead take care